The sky has been looking quite hazy lately. Around last week in the evenings, the sun was orange and you could look right at it. The moon had a rustic hue and the sky was thick with fog. If you live on the East Coast, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But why has the air quality been so low lately? Why were the sun and moon orange? The answer lies all the way on the other side of the country. This is Green Me. Right now, the state of Oregon is burning down. People have no time to pack up their things as they are being forced out of their homes. Although it may sound like it, I'm not talking about a war here. These are the consequences of wildfires in Oregon and in the Northwest as a whole. This fire in Oregon is the size of New York City. Other states are experiencing some of the most devastating wildfires in their recorded history. The five largest fires in California have all occurred in just the past four years. Last September, Washington state was devastated by a 300,000 acre fire, larger than Hong Kong. But this all seems minuscule compared to the two and a half million acres that have burned in California. Wildfires have always been a natural phenomenon, but they have recently become more dangerous than ever before. It seems as though a new wildfire is erupting every day. What causes these disasters and why are they becoming so frequent? Wildfires are almost inevitable in every forest, but there are some environmental conditions that make it all too easy for them to escalate. As temperatures increase, soil dries out. This lack of water in soil sets the stage for fires to burn freely. Other effects of drought, such as dried up vegetation, serves as a fuel for wildfires. The environment is only getting hotter and drier, so how will we be able to deal with the inescapable threat of wildfires? Some say that the answer is more fire. Remember when I said that dead vegetation serves as a fuel for wildfires? Well, this vegetation includes trees, and these dead trees need to be removed from time to time to reduce the amount of fuel available for potential fires. The best way to have these dead trees removed is through small monitored fires. These are called prescribed fires, and they have a long history in North America. Before Europeans arrived in the New World, indigenous peoples would set these prescribed fires to manage the forests and landscapes they lived in. Indigenous tribes today in places like Montana are currently working to bring fire back into forest affairs. Prescribed fires are obviously nothing compared to the wildfires we're seeing today, and it almost seems useless at this point to promote these essential prescribed fires. Since the 1970s, wildfire season has increased by two whole months in length. Some find this estimate to be quite conservative, and they're calling it a wildfire year rather than season. There have been a lot of other changes in wildfires over very recent years, and earth scientists are able to measure these changes by digging up the ground in which past wildfires left layers of ash. 
What scientists have been able to put together is that there are always more and longer lasting fires when the climate is warmer. In warmer weather, a lack of snow decreases the water available in soil. Also, due to fires being bigger than ever before, the landscapes of the American West are almost permanently changing. These frequent wildfires we're seeing are not allowing certain types of trees to grow back, creating wide-scale changes in ecosystems. Some of these plants don't even have a chance to mature before burning, disrupting the carbon cycle and allowing fires to release greenhouse gases freely in the absence of plants. That was a load of information, but what can we take away from it? What messages do the experts want to push to the land managers, the policymakers, and to the general public? Fire is inevitable. We live in a flammable place, and we need to stop trying to put out every fire we see. The Forest Service has increased its spending on wildfire suppression by 40% since 1995, devoting 55% of its budgets on suppressing wildfires, adding up to $2.5 billion spent in 2017. Many are advocating for decreasing this suppression fund and spending more money on wildfire prevention, such as removing dead vegetation and forests or increasing research on predicting fire-prone areas. It's even possible for this dead vegetation to be converted into new energy sources, furniture, or other paper and plant-based products. We need to accept the fact that humans cannot always regulate and control nature to be in our favor. Climate change in the form of drought and wildfires is somewhat beyond us, and it's more important that we learn to adapt to the flammable place we live in. Decreasing development in fire-prone areas, increasing the use of fire-resilient building material, and implementing recovery plans before a fire takes place to reduce the likelihood of erosion, flooding, and lives lost are all solutions to the ongoing issue of fire. It's hard to embrace the good fires when we're being swallowed up by the smoke of uncontrollable wildfires. But once we accept the flow of nature, fires included, we can learn to adapt to our changing world. I hope you learned something new. Thanks for listening in on this episode of Green Me.